Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is the first Q&A from the brand new female followers program that is running in April and it was a question that was kind of coming in and feedback that was coming in about getting over that fear of increasing your calories and why that may be. So this is quite a big mindset episode and there's a little bit of kind of information and that could be overwhelming for some people. So please do be careful with this. This is not medical advice, but this is a really, really big mindset episode for for you and understanding why there is a belief system and understanding where to get that belief system, why it is difficult for you to get that. It can be difficult for some people to get in their heads the need to eat that a little bit more consistently, eat that a little bit more regularly in relation to consistent efforts and weight loss and best results possible rather than believing that they need to restrict all the time and understanding where that's come from so if you've enjoyed the episode please do tag share review whatever it may be up onto your stories so i hope you guys enjoyed the, the first q a with the new group hey everyone uh so thank you for joining in the q a today i know one of the big things that a lot of you kind of are struggling to get your head around at the minute is that kind of belief that you have to like almost starve restrict in order to kind of get the weight loss results. And I know a lot of you, there's a good bit of few of you, probably about 25% in the group that were kind of like trying to get their heads around from going from say 1100 or 1200 calories. And the, the calories that were set for you were a good bit higher and you were struggling to kind of get your head around that. And so I'm going to tell you exactly why that's happening. I'm also going to explain how to get around it. And I'm also going to explain why it's unfortunately way, way too far, too, way too common. So the big thing with when people are, we all know that in order to lose weight, you need less calories than your body needs over a consistent amount of time. The only way we gain weight is more calories than our body needs over a consistent amount of time. That's how we gain weight. That's how we lose weight. That's what it's, what's exactly what it's like. But what an awful lot of people is when people see that they need to eat higher calories, maybe 16 to 1800 calories or 18 to 2000 calories, where it's so ingrained in society that in order to be successful with weight loss, we need to restrict. We can thank silly diets. We can thank silly cleanses. We can thank silly detoxes. We can thank certain slimming clubs, all these various different things. And that's the main fear. And that's all that it is. It's a fear in your head. You're kind of like, if you have the rational part of your brain and the irrational part of the brain, the irrational part of the brain is what's doing a lot of the driving right now because you don't trust yourself. You've looked at every other attempt that you've ever made and every other attempt that you've made is probably involved some sort of restriction. So you associate the only way to do things is to restrict. But the feedback that's coming back to you right now is that has never worked. But yet we're so emotionally attached to that strategy that we are struggling to let go of that. When in reality, you're looking for control, but you don't have control. The method is the control metric for you. So it's called sunk cost fallacy. When your emotions are leading you down a certain pathway, when the rational voice needs to bring you down another pathway, you're so emotionally led that this is going to be the last time. This is, I'm going to be perfect this time. I'm not going to get overwhelmed. I must get this right. This has to be the last diet. Diet starts Monday. All these sentences, every single person in this group and every client that I've ever worked with or done welcome calls with for my one-to-one clients 
have had those beliefs. But the main fear that's driving a lot of those kind of like that side of things is the fear of weight gain. And I often talk about this with clients. And when I first kind of talk to them, many kind of get excited about that thought of letting go of those kind of big rules that are out there. After years, and I've had clients 30, 40, 20, 10, 15 years of pursuing weight loss. And they're excited, but they're also very, very nervous on how to actually relearn and how to let go of those rules. But you have to ask and use that rational part of the brain again and say to yourself, right, are the rules that you're using right now, are they really, really directing you then the path you want to go? Or are they stopping you from actually where you want to go? So it's it's to free up that brain space and to live a better life that you're looking to do. Like if you actually took a standpoint and actually checked in with yourself right now, for those of you who have kids or God's kids or nephews or nieces, or whatever it may be, how many of you would actually let any of them do what you've attempted to do in the past? Now that's going to hit home. For an awful lot of you, there's going to be an emotional response or an emotional trigger internally for you, one or, one or two of you right now, because you wouldn't let them do it. But what makes you different? We're so attached to that belief that we have to restrict. We're so attached to that belief that this is going to, it's all emotionally led. We're so emotionally led with weight loss and how we look because we're looking for social acceptance. That's ultimately what's driving us. We're looking for social acceptance of and we create these stories and narratives around things but a lot of people have tried numerous attempts to lose weight and they end up back at square one because the tactic hasn't been right but then there's blame and shame attached to it but the issue isn't the person the issue is the tactic that they're using and the issue is the mindset hasn't been worked through the clients that i generally work with who get the success that they're looking for success is very very different for every single client Yes, you'll see the transformation photos up on social media. That's one metric. But the most important metric for me when my client leaves is like they drop food guilt for the rest of their lives. That's more important to me. If the mindset leaves or changes, everything else, because everyone else benefits. Your kids benefit, your family benefit. You'll be able to enjoy meals with no guilt because guilt has been a learned skill. But a lot of people have kept their weight down through restriction. And these sentences like, well, I've lost 5kg or 10kg before through this diet. So it must have worked. It's like, no, because probably I've put it back on since. And the thoughts consume you, that you can't enjoy yourself, and they steal the joy from whatever you want to try and do. So you're kind of figure out where do you want to go from here? And I think one of the big things that a lot of people are can get attached to is actively pursuing weight loss. And what I mean by that is, a lot of the actions and behaviors that you take on a daily basis are like, I can't have this because I'm trying to lose weight. I'm going to the gym to lose weight. I'm going for the walk to lose weight. But that's pursuing weight loss rather than looking at it from a different standpoint of I'm doing this to help my head. I'm doing this to help my mental health. I'm doing this to move my body. One is punishment and a negative attachment. And one is more supporting to where you want to go. So if I was to look at some of the research, there's a six point kind of six month period where where most diet research is actually published. And regardless of the type of the diet, almost everyone starts to put weight back on by two to five years. That's vast majority of people. 
is about 95%, okay? And go back to where they started from. And they two-thirds of those can end up heavier back to where they started. And this can lead people from jumping from one diet to another, trying to look for that quick fix, which I hope you have figured out by now this isn't a quick fix. My job right now is to try and get a basic foundation for you to feel like you are in control of food again and in control of your decisions. If you're someone who is proactively making choices of, I can't have this, I'm going to undo myself, I'm going to press the fuck up button, I'm going to give up because of X, Y, or Z, these are all stories stopping you because they're protecting you from failing. But you can't fail. The only way we can fail is actually stopping doing what we're, we actually want to do. But we also stopping the silly approaches that we take. And these can actually do a lot more harm than you actually realize. They build, they build up, or should I say, knock down your self-esteem, your self-worth. They can increase emotional eating. They can have a disconnect between eating and being able to enjoy food. Like not knowing what, how to enjoy the food that you're having. Not having any trust around certain foods. Weight stigma that you certain you associate how you look by and you associate what other people are thinking of because you have you look. But weight letting go of that kind of system on that ideology of doing this for weight loss may sound crazy, but I invite you to actually look back at every attempt that you've ever taken and actually consider has that ever has that ever worked for you? And the answer would be that it probably hasn't suited most of you. It's probably done more harm than good for you. But what could suit you is, a, is like a non-dieting approach, which is actually allowing yourself to have the food that you want every day, the likes of the carbs, the likes of the chocolate, the likes of the fats, those kind of things. But people will say, well, if I introduce those foods in, then I'm going to lose control. But my question back to you is you've already lost control. You're not in control now. The food is. The food is telling you what to do. So how do you get away from this? You must acknowledge that you're not alone with what you're trying to do. One of the big things that a lot of people, the fear is gaining weight. And you need to ask yourself and look at where is this, has this source come from? Where is this source of fear come from? It's that awareness tool. It might be a fear of weight gain. But I do believe that's truly the benefit. It's the belief that comes with weight gain that creates the fear. Not the actual weight gain itself. It's the story you keep telling yourself about weight gaining weight. Does it mean that you failed? Do you believe it makes you less attractive? Does it make you less healthy? Does it make you less desirable? Does it, it kind of like, there's an amazing, amazing body image expert called Carolyn Costin, and she talks about that body image work is like a it's like kind of a check engine light on a car. Turning off the light is weight loss, doesn't address the root issue. It's kind of like it's going to go off eventually. But we have to look under the actual hood in the surface before we can actually figure out what's going on, where that issue comes from. So it's about opening up dialogue and checking in on where that where that fear is coming from. So you need to ask what's it trying to protect you from? What's that fear of weight gain trying to protect you from? Is it going to make you less likable? Is that a story that you've made up in order to protect yourself from failing? Is it going to, is it certain foods that you attach that if I have this food, 
Mary in the office is going to judge me for having that because I'm should associate with how I look that way? Or is that a story protecting you? If you actually wrote out some of the beliefs that you have about certain foods or write out a certain belief around you have a certain about weight gain, where is that stigma coming from? Unfortunately, we live in a fat phobic society. Obesity is a multi-faceted thing that a lot, not a lot of people uh, understand. A lot of people think obesity is a choice. It's definitely not a choice. There's so many things, trauma, rejection, socioeconomic backgrounds, hunger hormones can be out of whack. There's eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, all these kind of different things. It's very, very multifaceted. So before we look at someone and we pass judgment on others, we have to look at, well, if we're passing judgment on them or we're not, it's ultimately a reflection of ourselves that we're putting onto them. So we're fearing weight gain, but we need to understand where that's coming from. You also need to explore what needs you actually have. Does the fear actually come from making comments on your body size? So sometimes you can say, well, I'm feeling fat. Well, fat's not a feeling. That's a, a word that you use to protect yourself before anyone else can put you down. Perhaps you need to set a boundary around it. For example, if you're in a workspace or a work environment and you're walking out of a room and the, 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 the change in the subject is one of the big things and you, you can actually say, I don't want to talk about weight loss or fat loss. You can talk about, you can, you can make that. And you may get pushback from Karen, whatever, but that's Karen's issue. That's not your issue. It's time to put your own needs first. Does the the fear come from not wanting to buy new clothes in case you get bigger? Is fear stopping you from actually going after what you want? Perhaps consider trading out some older clothes for more flexible, stretchy clothes. And this can help to foster acceptance. I know one of you on the check-ins this week actually went out and proactively bought clothes. And one of the sentences that they said was so self-compassionate led, it was amazing to see it on week one, was this isn't my fault that they weren't able to fit into those clothes. But they bought the clothes as a reward for themselves, as for having gotten through a sticky patch of work and stress. But they didn't blame themselves for not being able to fit into the clothes. Like I know certain, certain clothes won't fit me. That, does that make me less of a human? Or does it make me human? And this can help to foster that acceptance and that peace with what you have and what you're doing to your body. You need to... How do I say this? You need to wade through a lot of shit in order to get to where you want to go. Because it's not going to be easy. Uh, you're ultimately doing an, an awful lot of like... If you've had the same thoughts around food for a very, very long time, from, it normally comes from childhood. You're ultimately undoing a lifetime messaging around your body. Acknowledging that the fear is hard. Sometimes shit will hit the fan. But it's important for you to actually acknowledge how you are feeling. Where is that guilt coming from? Where is that shame coming from? Is it coming from you or is it based off what other people's perceptions are? L lean into them. It's uncomfortable as hell. We've, I've had to do it. It's uncomfortable as hell. But what's more comfortable, staying where you are and living the life you are at the minute or actually leaning into those feelings that you're having and leaning into that fear? 
like if you were to look back and this is one of the big ones is about reparenting yourself how many of you right now if one of your kids or your nephews or nieces or one of your your friends kids or or whatever it may be would be happy if they heard would be happy if if you heard how they what you say to yourself my guess is not a lot of you but it's a protection tool before anyone else can get there potentially with bullying trauma something grief something happened in your childhood potentially a comment I think last Wednesday's episode really hit home for an awful lot of you. It's like, I understand where it's come from. There was a comment made to you. An, an activity you can do yourself is ask yourself, do I have the capacity to explore this right now? Yes or no? As in how you're feeling about where this weight gain thing is coming from. Okay. If yes, what is the source of this fear? Is there a certain story that I'm telling myself? Remember, a story is a belief. A belief is not a fact. Many of the things that stop us from doing anything are stories. They're not facts. Ask yourself another question. Do I hold particular beliefs about my body getting bigger? Does it mean less acceptance? Does it mean rejection? Does it, believe, does it mean that I'm not going to be accepted by society? Is your fear trying to protect you from anything? Do you believe that certain needs that could be met by losing weight? So I believe that I'd be more lovable in a smaller body. But when someone says I'd be happy at a certain weight, and that's a prime example of it, I'll always ask the question of, have you weighed that weight before? And they'll be like, yes. I was like, were you happy? No. So it's not about being a certain weight. It's being about acceptance. But you could have seven or eight billion people, however many, however many people are in this earth right now, come up to you and say, I accept you. You're amazing. But not many of you will believe it. So it's not that you're looking for acceptance or you're not looking for validation from others. You need to get it from yourself somehow. That's why I'm trying to get you to celebrate those wins, those three things you're proud of this week. It's not on the sheet just to for me to screen grab and screenshot or whatever it may be. That there is an exercise as a positive reinforcement loop into your minds. Allow yourself to be frustrated. A lot of people don't know how to name their emotions because they haven't been taught. Ask yourself, what if you're ask yourself, what might a loving parent say to a child if they felt this way about themselves? And I think that's going to upset a few of you who are going to be watching this or listening to this. By listening to this episode alone and joining in, you're kind of, you're ready to do the work. You're ready to challenge things. So why do I set higher calories than you're potentially used to? One, it's getting rid of the restriction mindset and it's trying to educate you that you can have your nights out, it's the meals out, and still find that weekly calorie average that will get you to your goal. So it removes that perfection. It removes that belief that one meal will derail you. You can't derail your diet. It's not a train. You can't undo your diet either. You can't undo anything. It's not a zip. One hot day doesn't make a summer. Comes into it as well. So it's about rewiring and reworking whatever your mindset has you've created for yourself that's protecting you from actually fully accepting yourself and fully committing to yourself. 
Because we're not born with low self-worth. We're not born with low self-esteem. Self-esteem is what other people think. Self-worth is what we believe about ourselves. That's been cultivated from somewhere along the lines. But if you can lean in and explain where your values and sitting with that discomfort, you'll learn a hell of a lot more about yourself. Have that f- To have that fear about kind of weight gain and that whole thing of those higher calories are going to make me gain weight. I'm like, no, they're probably going to make you adhere that little bit more. Because I know what happens. And I've looked at the sheets for, for years and years and years now is a lot of people will eat 11, 12, 1300, 1400 calories Monday to Thursday. And then they'll bankrupt themselves in the weekend, which ends up imploding the week and making it harder and a longer process for themselves. But what I'm trying to get you guys to do with the higher end of your calories, which is 16 to 1800 or 1800 to 2000 calories, or a little bit more for some of you is actually honoring your hunger, honoring your body, giving yourself permission to have the foods that you enjoy on a daily basis, rather than letting that fear take over. I haven't set those calories that for you to kind of like you'll see results if you if you stick with those calories that have been set, suggested because they're going to improve your adherence. If you look at every other method that you've ever done, you're attached to that sunk cost fallacy is it believes that you have to you have to starve yourself, you have to restrict yourself. But that's more about how you feel about yourself that you have to punish yourself for where you're potentially at right now, and that's a powerful sentence, and that's going to annoy some of you. A lot of you are attached to that method of 1,200, 1,100, 1,000 calories and the belief that in order to get the results, you you are attached to that restriction mindset, that dieting mindset, diet culture, when in reality it hasn't served you in any way. It's stopping you from actually doing what you want to do. But it's about stepping away from the language of failure It's about stepping away from the blame cycle that you've got to it or that guilt cycle for it or the shame cycle that you've created as a protection tool for yourself and actually asking yourself, right, let's try. And that's all I ever ask. Let's try and get an extra snack in to get closer to the 1,600, 1,800 calories or the 1,800, 2,000 calories that have been set. Let's try. And those who have tried so far, My guess is the calories that have been set for you are actually keeping you, keeping you adherent. And I can, I've got a comment here from one of the, the people in the group is if I didn't have the calories I'm on now, I can guarantee I'd have eaten more and not logged it already. This is a realistic approach. And thank, I'm not going to call out your name, but thank you for that. It's keeping you topped up. Like think of it like your car. Do you try to survive your car with as little fuel as possible and wait for that engine light to come on and try to just top it up by five euro at a time? Or do you fill it up quarter of the way, halfway, full way, or whatever it may be, and that will get you to your goal? I'm delighted. Thank you for sending in that message. I'm not going to call out your name on the group uh, because I just want to make sure everyone's protected, but everyone can see it. And I think that whole thing of what you're saying there at the very end is about not logged it already. I think a lot of people can feel that whole element of, and I, I think one of you, one of the other people in the group was that I, I, I had to log everything because I knew Shane would figure it out. It's like, yeah, that's not the great method to do it, but I understand why you're doing it. Like, I'm not here to give out to you. 
yes, I can be direct. My questions can be blunt and my questions can be thought provoking. And that's what I'm trying to get you to do. My questions are thought provoking. They're not for the good of my health. But it's removing that restriction mindset. And ultimately, when people don't log what they're having, I can tell straight away. Or they may not have counted accurately. And that happens. That's human error. That's cool. But what happens is you attach that narrative of that I can't do this. I can't lose weight. You attach that narrative to whatever that is. But your approach is failing because you're not counting everything. It's like going to the, me going to the accountant right now and only handing in my receipts for my revenue and not giving them my expenses. That's essentially what a lot of people try to do. If I don't show this to Shane or I don't show this to whoever I'm working with at that time, he'll never know. And then you'll get frustrated because you're not getting the results you're looking for. Ultimately, that respirals into you and you're, you end up kidding yourself. But that kidding yourself narrative ends up coming mass destruction internally for you because you're like, I can't do this. So I give up. And that beats up that cycle, that, that repeats that cycle in your head. Oh, that I'm different. I can't lose weight. I'm never going to lose weight. And some sentences start coming out of, I'm a yo-yo dieter. I'm an emotional eater. No, you're neither of those. I'm an emotional eater says, I'm an emotional eater, so I'm going to eat emotionally. I'm a yo-yo dieter is, I'm going to, I'm a yo-yo dieter, so I'm going to act like an emotional, I'm like a yo-yo dieter. But if we reframe this and say to ourselves, I sometimes eat emotionally. Well, so don't we all. Christmas, birthdays, Easter. And eating emotionally happens on positive occasions too. It removes the shame. It removes the guilt. It removes that mass destructive mindset that a lot of people have. I'm a yo-yo dieter. I don't believe you're a yo-yo dieter. I believe you're someone that has may maybe not find the right approach for you. See, there's less shame. There's less blame attached to what you're saying. Because if you say you're a yo-yo dieter, you'll adopt that culture. You'll adopt that method. You'll adopt that mindset and act like that person. You just haven't found the approach. Like I, I have clients calls and stuff like that for one-to-one. -one. And the big thing is saying, oh, I'm a yo-yo dieter. I've tried every diet under the sun. I was like, well, have you stopped trying to focus on fat loss? And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, have you stopped trying to focus on fat loss? Have you actually tried to improve your method? Have you tried to improve your mindset? And they're like, no. Well, then you haven't tried every approach. Like, I don't say it as direct and as dismissive as I'm making it out to you guys right now. But often it isn't, for, for many people, it's, it's the belief system that we have. We believe that in order to be accepted by other people, we need to look a certain way. Social media, have that heightened. If you look at right now with Dove, if you go onto Dove's Instagram page after you listen to this, there's an amazing new campaign to have, right? So there's a girl in it and she's like 11 or 12 in the video. She gets a phone. And her mom's documented the whole journey while she's gone. She's a gorgeous 11, 12-year-old girl, blonde hair, like gorgeous. And then she goes onto social media, all right, at the age of 11 or 12. And she starts documenting her journey of 11 or 12, starts pinching her skin, starts videoing on herself, starts using language, I'm fat. And that's putting it up on social media, waiting for people to validate her. 
And then towards the end of that ad, what happens is there's a a noise in the background. The screen goes blank. And the noise in the background is the life support machine. She's probably only about 16, 17, 18 at this stage. So thankfully, she survives. She went through eating, eating disorder recovery. And she's okay now. And then other people came forward after that ad, or during that ad, from other people ex- expl- talking about their eating disorder journey. So we have to be careful where we're taking. That's an extreme, extreme example. But we have to be careful where we're taking the information in from. Like if I sat down right now and looked through whoever's on this call or whoever's this is a podcast, the social media accounts that you're following or TikTok accounts that you're following right now, a lot of them will be big, big Betty Booties, Six Pack Pete's, Slim and Club accounts, food accounts that aren't really serving you. But they're the first thing you see in the morning. And they're the last thing you see at night before you go to sleep if you're on your phone. And we're wondering why all we're thinking about is how we should look, how we should look this way, how we need to act, match up to that societal expectation. But we owe it to ourselves to go through our phones today and unfollow accounts that aren't adding to you. If I'm one of those, great. But you owe it to yourself. You owe a social a, a bit of responsibility for yourself. Because everyone wins when you are feeling better in yourself. Everyone wins when you have more energy and brain power to focus on you, your kids, your family, your nephews, your nieces, your friends, everything. Everyone else wins. But only you, but you win as well. Like I know the kind of like the food guilt thing can kind of come from a, a lot of places. Comments as a kid. Unfortunately, parents can struggle with their food as well. And they've been passed on to people as well. That language of good or bad, that language of sins. Oh, that word of sins fucking winds me up. Um, the language around I'm on plan, I'm off plan. The all or nothing approach, all these languages. I can't, should you be having this? Can you have that? Like, I get those from some people. I don't really hang around them that much. But when I go out for meals and they're, and I'm there with a big knee deep in ice cream, I'm kind of like, yes, I'm having this and I'm going to enjoy it. But no one can make you do anything that you don't want to do. A lot of people feel peer pressure at meals or nights out or drinks to do something. But nothing, no one can make you do anything. No one puts the food into your mouth. What are you looking for again is social acceptance. But if everyone at that table said they love you and you're amazing, are you necessarily going to believe them? No. So it's 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 coming from what you what you want to do and figuring out what you want to do. And it's uncomfortable as hell to get there. It takes awareness, one. But that kind of whole thing about kind of those higher calories that are going to stop me from gaining or from losing weight is like. You're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on losing weight or fat loss rather than focusing on can I have, can I honor my body? Can I honor my hunger? Can I learn how to rewire my mindset? Can I learn how to honor my hunger cues? Can I learn how to intuitive eat? Can I commit to learning? These really, really unsexy things that if I put that up on social media right now and said I'm launching a program on how to unwire this and rewire this, 
No one's going to buy it because everyone wants this fat loss thing. And this may be a different program than you expected. But I think if you listen to the podcast long enough for this stage, you know my philosophy is a little bit different compared to other people. But it hasn't always been that way. Yes, you see these transformation photos and stuff, but you don't see the six months or three months or five months or whatever or year long phase we've had to do in the background. So in summary, I think the calories I'm, I'm giving you are a way to increase your adherence. If we increase your adherence, we increase your energy. If we increase your energy, we increase your mood. If we increase your mood, you're in a better place and you won't rely on motivation. You don't go to work motivated every day. Why? Because if you don't, you don't get paid. If you don't get paid, you can't keep roof over your head. You don't get fed. Your kids can't, don't have a home. The thing, like, it's not relying on motivation. If you're relying on motivation after week one, there's something up. And I think right now it's important for us to keep leaning into what we're doing. The amount of change that I've seen from, I think it was Wednesday when, I think the program started on Monday, and even on Wednesday, when people were kind of ramping up about those higher calories. And one of two of you were being really, like a lot of you are being very proactive on the group, which is amazing. And that's why I want the group to be a safe place where everyone can talk. It's community, because you're all going through the same things. Not one of you haven't got your own problem. Every single one of you has the same mindset thing or different issues of that mindset. And my job right now is to build that trust with you, to build that strength with you, to stop relying on willpower, stop trying to induce fat loss and trying to honor your hunger, getting more energy, getting more confidence around food and letting go of that fear of food. That's my job. And if I don't manage to do that, however we long work together, if it's the eight weeks, amazing. If it's eight weeks and then you move on to one-to-one -one with me, amazing. And that can happen. So if we focus less on what we have to do for fat loss and change the narrative to what we need to do to help ourselves, how will I get enough energy into my body today? How will I support myself? These different types of things. Rather than just focusing on fat loss all the time, because that's going to drive you up the wall. And it is driving you up the wall. It takes an awful lot of brain power away. You're not able to enjoy meals out. You're not able to enjoy friends' time. You're not able to enjoy, hey, the biggest win, like one of the biggest wins I saw on the group on the check-in was first time in a very ever that they were able to enjoy cake at their I think nine-year-old birthday party, at their nine-year-old's birthday party. And I was kind of like, that that shit is powerful. And I remember I get comments all the time from clients that have challenged that narrative. I also have clients that don't challenge the narrative and stay where they are. And that's cool. Maybe I'm not the coach for them. Maybe my philosophy is in what they want or need. But when your kids or your family are impacted by it and you can't be have a meal out or you can't have a summer holiday or you can't have cake, that gets tiring. As Mark Manson says, who's an author, he wrote a book called Sort of Law of Not Giving a Fuck. He says, you only have a certain amount of fucks to give in a day. Use them wisely. Okay? Spend your fucks wisely. So the big thing I want you to look at is 
I'm not trying to. I'm trying to get you to eat that a little bit more for it to nourish yourself to to get you the results and the adherence and teach you. I'm not giving you higher calories to stop you doing anything or stop getting you from your goal. I'm proactively trying to help you. But that voice in your head is directing things. And the only way to direct that or to change that is to challenge those thoughts and write them out what that belief system is. Like I said in the earlier on in the episode, look at the needs that you have Identifying the source of the fear, what would you say to a kid in the same position? Because the restriction mindset isn't serving you. It's protecting you from becoming the person that you want to become. It's protecting you. Protectively, it's protecting you from going out after what you want to do. Because it's afraid of fear. It's afraid of failing. But the ironic thing is most people are failing already because their methods I compare to if you're trying to become a doctor a lot of people are trying to lose weight or end up trying to study engineering when they ultimately want to become a doctor. Wrong subjects wrong direction but ultimately you want to become a doctor. Same thing. So and thank you for your comments um I'm I can't I'm not going to mention the names because I know this is going to end as a podcast. So I want to keep everyone kind of anonymous. And uh, the comment reads much better program than I was expecting. So thank you for that. I I haven't paid you for that. I haven't paid you enough for that. Whoever wrote that. Um. So thank you for that. And it's a more realistic approach. So is there, if there's any questions below, I'll stay online for like another few minutes because I know you, everyone has to go back to work. Uh, but we yeah, there's an episode tomorrow if you want to listen to it again. It'll be put up into the group shortly enough. Uh. Probably just before I go, I'm going to get before I kind of do the rest of the check in today. So if you have questions, ask away. If if you have questions on when the video goes up onto the group, pop them below the group and we'll kind of go from there. So, yeah, thank you so much to everyone who has has joined in today. Uh, I might change the time next week. I just the next few weeks are a bit mental. I have. I have six football matches in about 14 days and my body is a bit shook. So I can't do the evenings. I need to eat and sleep. So that's why the, the calls are at one o'clock. I'm just focusing on what I need um, while making sure that everyone is okay. Um, so the big thing that I would say is have a listen to the episode again if you're listening to it on your walk tomorrow morning or whenever you're doing your walk. Ask questions below on the group. I'm going to kind of go from there. So hopefully um, you too um thank you very much uh i'll enjoy the rest of my day youtube um so yeah i will check in with you guys whoever hasn't got to check in yet and then i will talk to you guys very soon guys thank you so much so i hope that you have enjoyed that episode with the q a from the female fat loss program and if you have please do tag share and leave a review up on itunes and up on spotify if you've enjoyed it pop me a text and if you're interested in working with me on a one-to-one capacity i have one space left that will be probably gone probably by the end of the week so if you're interested in working with me click on that and we can book in a free welcome call and kind of go from there so i hope you guys enjoy the episode and i will talk to you very very soon